Our text comes from Proverbs 31 and 10 through 17, a very familiar passage of scripture. And I'm going to use for a subject, girl, get your money straight. With over half of the African-American homes today being headed by a black woman, this message, this subject is of paramount importance. As we go through this pandemic and the downturn in our economy, that girl, you need to get your money straight. I can't think of a better time than you to reevaluate how you are handling your finance. There are a lot of frustrated women in the land today. You see, you see the advantages of life, you see the opportunities, you see the benefits, and you know that it is available because other people have it. Other people have the job, they have the position, the business, the house, the car, but yet somehow you haven't been able to receive it, though you have been pressing all of the right buttons. You went to the right school, you hung out with the right crowd, you networked with the right people, just pushed all of the right buttons. Even joined the right church. And you stand there frustrated in life. And the problem is far too often we have put very little into it. You don't know how many opportunities or what you can possess in life if you could get your money straight. Now before you can get your money straight, listen up young women, you got to get your mind straight. Because you can change your money situation. You can have a to change your mentality. Because some of us, our self-esteem and our self-image is so poor that it prevents us from getting the things that God has designed for us. That's why in Proverbs 31 and 10, it says, Who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far beyond rubies. Her value supersedes jewelry. She's more valuable than what she puts on. Did you hear that? She is more valuable than what she puts on. See, a lot of us, our self-esteem, our self-image is so messed up until we think that what we wear is more important than who we are. And somehow we think if I put on the right clothes, wear the right jewelry, then that makes me. No. You're already valuable. In fact, why don't you say it? I'm already valuable. Tell somebody, I'm a valuable commodity. And your value is worth more than what somebody can give to you or what you can put on. You are valuable. It is who you are that is more valuable than what you have. Did you get that? It's who you are that's more valuable than what you have. But when your mentality is all messed up, you still think that clothes 
make you rather than you make the clothes. See, I know this jacket looks good, but I believe it looks better on me than it do on you. Huh? That's not conceited. That's having confidence in who I am. And that's what some of us, you young women, you lack that self-confidence that God has put in you. And you have to understand your value. Now, in verse 10, now this is, you know, I went back in this thing and it's a little longer than I wanted it to be. So uh, y'all have to pray with me. I haven't forgot how to be long. No, no, no. Now, in verse 10, you have virtue and value. Now watch verse 11. Her husband trusts in her. Not only does her husband trust in her, but in verse 11, so that he shall have no need of spoil. Another translation said, so that he is enriched. Another one said, he will never be poor. Verse 12 says, she will do him good and not evil all the days of his life. She has virtue and value. Somebody say virtue and value. Get that in your head, young lady. And when she gets that straight, she has a healthy relationship because she has a husband who trusts her, a husband who is enriched by her so that when she comes alongside him, she doesn't hurt him. She helps him because she has virtue and value. Her virtue and value didn't come from her man. She had that before she got a man. She had virtue and value in verse 10. The brother <laughs> didn't show up until verse 11. Which means she had it before he got there. Now, what happens if the man never shows up? She still got her value. Did you get that? What happens if he shows up and leaves? She still has her value because she did not get it from him. She brought it to him. See, when you understand your value, you're careful about what you let other folks do to you and with you. Uh, did you get that? See, some of us allow certain things to go on because we don't feel worthy. That's why some of us will be in poverty for the rest of our lives because we don't feel worthy enough to have anything. As soon as we get something, we mess it up and destroy it. Why? Because I don't feel worthy enough to even have it. And then when a good man comes along at you, and then your defense mechanisms come up, you push him away. Uh-huh. 
subconsciously, you are just pushing him away because subconsciously, you don't feel worthy enough to have a man like that. Then, when a dog comes to you barking, you bark back. Hmm. Some of y'all that catch that on your way to the kitchen. You can't wait to get with him. Why? Because I'm not worthy to have anything better than this. But when you understand your value, all right, let me see if I can bring this closer. Because some of y'all not getting it. In Proverbs 31 and 1, it's a mother who is giving counsel to her son. Now, her son is a king. Somebody say, he's a king. He's a young king, and his mother is trying to get him straight in terms of how to live a kingly life. Listen to me. And part of the counsel that she gives to him is the kind of woman you ought to choose. And she begins to talk to him about the characteristics of a productive woman. And she says to him, now listen, I'm a woman, so I know women. So let me tell you the kind you ought to get so that she will enrich you and you will never be poor. That's what she said. I'm not making it up. Now, remember, he's already got something. I don't care how much you have. If you get with the wrong woman or the wrong man, you can lose everything. And I know I got some amens out there. So, so she says, here is the kind of woman you need. You need a woman of virtue and value. Now remember, he's a king. He's looking <laughs> for a queen. Somebody say queen. And his mama said, <laughs> I like the way I said that. His mama said, you need to get somebody <laughs> with virtue and value. Because sisters, there are some brothers who are looking for women who have no virtue. And there are some brothers looking for women who have no value. But they themselves are not kings. Which means when you hook up with them, you will not be a queen. But if you have queenly potential, you need to wait on the king to come along and a king is looking for virtue and value. So his mother begins to explain to him the characteristics of a productive woman. Now, when you get down to verse 13, it says that this woman is a producer. Somebody say producer. She seeketh wool and linen. She works willingly to put it together with her hands. Now, look at her. She's a producer. She's producing clothing. She's going out. She's looking for wool. She looks for linen. She weaves it together. She spins it. She puts it together. She's putting together some clothes. Now, the clothes 
she's making in verse 13, they're not for her. She wears queenly garments and royal garments in verse 22. The clothes she's making in verse 13 are for other people. So she is producing something in order to sell. Did you hear that? Because, see, sister girl knows that, <coughs> that you cannot make it in life at just being a consumer. <coughs> so instead of just going out, consuming every garment she can find, she decides that I'm going to produce garments so that I can get my money straight. Church, we have become great consumers because we like to live, get this phrase, we like to live in the image of success. Did you hear that? We want everybody to think that we are successful. That's why you pay three, four, five hundred dollars for a purse. So when you walk in the club, the cocktail lounge, go out with the girls, they know the price of it. And you don't have a hundred dollars to put in the purse. And somehow we think our ability to consume has made us successful. Listen to me. We feel successful. Look at the kind of car we drive. The clothes we're charging. Look at the apartment you're renting. Look at the consumer loan that you use to get the furniture in that rental apartment. Preach, Pastor. All that you're doing is creating an image of success. And some of us feel like the more stuff I consume, then the greater image of success I have. And the more I pay for it, the more successful I am. But we boast about how much we paid for stuff in which we didn't need in the first place. But sister girl, somebody say sister girl. Sister girl in this text knows that being a great consumer doesn't help you get your money straight. Let me see if I can bring it closer. Last year, we as African Americans, we made over 500 billion with a B dollars. And that's more earning power than most of the third world nations. Not 500 billion. Now, you know what we spend it on? We spent 21 billion on new and used cars and trucks. We spent 30 billion, went to new clothes. 9 billion went for home furnishings. 7 billion went to personal care products and services, makeup, hair done, haircuts, and please don't forget the fingernail polish. Some of y'all didn't know what you were going to do when the, when the fingernail place is closed during this pandemic. Oh, Lord, my man, nobody looking at your fingernail. 
Well, they ain't thinking about your fingernails. You're getting that done for you. Preach, pastor. We have consumed all that stuff, not produced it, consumed it to get the image that I am successful. So when you see me, I look successful. So look at what I'm driving. Look at what I'm wearing. Look at the apartment I'm renting. Look at the furniture in my apartment. Look at the money that's in my pocket. So we put this image that we are successful. Mm-hmm. See, I don't want you living in false and fake prosperity where the money in your pocket is from a cash advance on your credit card or a consumer loan. Huh. It's not yours. The car that you're driving or leasing, you can't write off over 50% of that lease on your taxes <laughs> because the apartment that you're renting is not yours. The clothes you're wearing, <laughs> you charged all of them. <laughs> In fact, <laughs> the store is making more on the charge <laughs> than they are on the clothes that they sold you. Preach up in here, Pastor. It's not yours. And since it doesn't belong to you, it's not your prosperity. I want you to own more than you owe. Did you get that? I want you to own more than you owe. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, own more than you owe. And we've got to learn, like sister girl in the text, that we've got to be producers. Listen. Some of the great companies today started in hard times. During the depression, during the downturn, people who are creative began in their garage and began in their basement becoming producers. She takes wool and linen and produces clothes. She's got her own clothesline. Mm-hmm. She's doing all of this in a male-dominated society saying, I'm not going to let anybody hold me back. If you won't hire me at your company, I'll run this business out of my own home. That's the kind of determination she had. And Sister Girl begins to produce clothes. And then, in verse 16, she plants a vineyard in her own Feel. Now, <clears throat> when she plants the vineyard, she's not producing grapes, grape juice, wine. Somebody say amen for the wine. Uh-huh. She's doing economics 101. Now, when I was going over this this morning, I got another revelation. <laughs> About that field. See, she's not the only one that saw the field. Hundreds of people walked by the field. Now, somebody else may have walked by the field and had the same idea she had, but they didn't have any money. Oh, y'all don't hear me. 
But because sister girl realized that when I get paid, I got to pay myself first, which means I got to put some money in the bank so that when opportunity comes along, I can take advantage. So when she walked by the field, she was visionary. Other people saw dirt and weeds and dried up stuff. But what she saw was grapevines in the field. And because she had money that she had saved, oh, y'all don't hear me, she went and bought the field. She knew that everybody is going to wear clothes. Everybody is going to eat some fruit, drink some grape juice. And she knew that most of them were going to drink some wine. And sister girl decided, I'm going to produce what other folk need so I can get paid. Huh. When all you do is need what other folk produce, that is why you are in the mess you are in right now. And for her to know how to make clothes, she had to go somewhere and learn how to do it. Amen? If none other than just watching and listening to her mother give her instructions on how to make clothes. But see, some of us don't want to learn nor listen to anybody. You get here on planet Earth, and by the time you turn 18 and 19, you think you know everything. This woman understood she had to be educated. She had to be trained. Somebody say trained. But it didn't matter to her. She says, I'm going to be a producer, even if I have to go back to school to learn how to make clothes and to plant a vineyard. Pastor, you know, I hear you, Pastor. But, but you know, Pastor, I'm 35. I can't go to school now. Well, I hear you. Let me ask you this. If you went back to school to get your degree, or to get your equivalents or some training in four years, you're 35 now. In four years, you're going to be 39. Uh -huh. Amen? And if you did that in four years, if you went full time, you'd have your bachelor's, or in four years, you will have completed most technical or training programs. In four years. Now, in four years, if you didn't do nothing, you still <laughs> gonna be 39 and broke. But if you went back to school or you got some training, you could be more equipped, better qualified to increase your potential of earning. So either way, you're going to be 39. You want to be 39 with potential or 39 broke? Preach, pastor. You're going to be 39 with a college degree or some kind of technical training and knowledge 
or sitting somewhere crying, won't nobody give me a chance. So it's up to you. Look at a sister girl and tell her, girl, get your money straight. Not only is she a producer, but she is a plan spender. Somebody say plan spender. Uh-huh. She plans what she purchases. In verse 16, King James says she considers a field. She evaluates a field. She is checking the field out. See, ah, he says she considered. See, what she could have been doing, well, let me see. I, I got to see how big this field is, and I got to see how many great plants I can plant in this field. And if I get this many great plants in the field, I can produce so many jars of grape juice and so many jars of gra so many grapes and, and then so many bottles of wine. That's considerate. She's doing everything. She put the pin to it. Now let me tell you something. Don't ever make a purchase without putting the pin to it. You got to sit down and figure that thing out and see if buying a new car right now adds up. Hello somebody. And see many times the interest that you pay for that car is more than the car itself. So that's why you got to keep your credit straight. That's a subject for another day. So she evaluates a field. She is checking the field out. And then after she evaluates the field, she buys it with her money. Another translation says she buys it with money she has earned. She didn't have to go to her husband. Honey, I saw this field. And you know, I really believe. No, sister girl, hey, I've got my own cat. Now remember, this is a male-dominated society. Women didn't do that, but this woman was visionary. This woman was independent. This woman was a victorious woman. And then she plants a vineyard in the field. See, I really like this. She is not an impulsive buyer. Girl, you know, I didn't plan on buying that car, but that man gave me... Ooh, they gave me such a deal. I Listen, if it's a deal today, it'll be a deal tomorrow. Don't ever let anybody pressure you into thinking that if you don't get it right now, you'll never get all. And then that's when I go to backing up. Because if it's a deal today, it ought to be a deal tomorrow. Amen? So, and you know, impulse buying has got a whole lot of us in trouble. She didn't walk by the field and say, you know what? I got a little money. I'm going to buy it. No, 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 no. She considered it. She weighed the pros and the cons of purchasing the field. She investigated. She evaluated. She did the demographics. And then after all that, she took the money she earned and purchased it. Because whenever you get ready to purchase anything, you ought to examine what you are purchasing and then examine the reason for your purchase. 
do I really need this dress? Yes, it's on sale. But do I really need it? And when you examine that, you say, you know what? I got clothes hanging in the closet. I still haven't worn. I, even though it's a bargain, I don't need it. Because there will be a bargain tomorrow. But why are you buying it? You've got ten other suits in your closet. You don't need it. Examine why you're doing it. Plan your stuff. Tell somebody, plan your stuff. And another reason I love Sister Girl is that she's buying something that appreciates, or you know I had to get this in there, that appreciate instead of depreciating. Land. See, land appreciates. See, didn't go out and buy another pair of shoes. She didn't go out to buy a car. She didn't go out to buy clothes. But she bought something. I think I need to ask you. When was the last time you purchased something that appreciated in value? And the definition of that is that if you had to sell it again, you could sell it for at least what you paid for or more. See, you have to start putting your money somewhere where it makes money for you. Now, I'm getting ready to give you a word here, a phrase, two, two words that I, I want you to remember, young people. You have to learn how to build your wealth. Write that down. Say, I've got to build my wealth. Say that. <laughs> See, some of us think that money is the issue. It's not money. It is the building of wealth. You keep getting raises. You keep making more money. You don't have anything to show for it. Because the more you get, the more you spend. Because you're not building your wealth. So, you're 30 years old. If I ask you, I want you to write down your wealth. How much money do you have? Now you can't count your purse that you paid $300 for. Because you can go to a resale shop and probably get it for 50 You can't count that car that you lease because you don't own it. You cannot count the apartment you live in because you're renting. Now, what are you going to count? That clothes full of closet that you probably get $50 for the whole thing? Hello? So the woman in the text, she built her wealth. Huh. She built her wealth. Somebody say, planted. Huh? She planted. Verse 16. She buys a field. And when she buys a field, now she begins to understand the concept of sowing and reaping. And she sows good seed in good soil. So I think I need to ask you, 
What are you doing with your money? Now the concept of sowing and reaping. If you don't sow anything, you cannot reap anything. If you don't put anything in, you cannot get anything out of it. And you have to be careful where you put it. The Bible says, give to every good work, which means that there are some things you should not invest in. Not only did she sow in soil, but verse 20 says, she sowed in souls. Did you get that? S-O-U-L-S. She helped the poor. She gave to the needy. She contributed to those who were less fortunate. Now, this is where the secular financial advisors mess up. They leave out the contribution. They leave out the tithe. They leave out the offering. They leave out the giving to the poor. And you are following all of these other principles. And you ask, why is my stuff not working out? Because you have ignored the principle of sowing into souls. That you might reap. Because sometimes you can give your way out of debt. Oh, I know some of you didn't catch that. Maybe y'all are catching on the way to the kitchen. Because the Bible teaches that when you give to the poor, listen to this, you lend to the Lord. And some of you are saying, well, you know, pastor, I can't give because I'm going through myself. If you look around hard enough, somebody is going through more than you. Pastor, I'm barely getting the ends to meet. If you look around hard enough, somebody has got less than you. Now, remember, you're loaning it. Hey, we read over that. I'm loaning to the Lord. It says you lend to the Lord. Because, see, when God pays you back, he pays you back with interest. I dare you to bless somebody worse off than you. Because see, when you give, God opens the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that you will not be able to receive. And when you give, it shall be given unto you measures pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And I hear you sitting there talking about, well, pastor, you don't know what I've been through. You got all these excuses. Uh-huh. You don't know how my kids are. You didn't know what kind of daddy I had. You didn't know the kind of mama I had. My man, pastor, he's just mistreating me. I'm barely able to watch this telecast. He don't even want me to see it. It's racism in the community. Sexism on my job. They hate me because I'm a black female. You have all these excuses as to why you are not accomplishing what God wants you to accomplish. That's because you are living life like you are a victim. Hear me on this. Because if you live your life like a victim, the world is mean. They'll go to treating you 
like you a victim. You're not a victim. You're victorious. You are a person of value. But you walk around like a victim. And even while I'm preaching this, you sitting there feeling sorry for yourself. You know, Bishop, he just ain't sensitive. Don't tell me that. I had a wife of 55 years and raised three girls. Don't tell me I'm not sensitive. I'm telling you like it is. He don't understand. Stop acting like a victim. Folks will treat you like a victim. Ain't nobody going to feel sorry for you. Uh-uh. Nobody going to cry with you. Nobody going to listen to your story all the time. We treat victims like that. And let me tell you something. You want to know the last person that shed a tear for you? You want me to tell you who it was? It was your mama. Because ain't nobody else shedding a tear for you. Because this is a hard, cruel, mean world out here. And you need to stop going around feeling sorry for yourself and walking around like a sorry sister when you act like you got some value even if you don't have anything your value does not come from what you possess it comes from your person you are somebody all by yourself you are a woman of value. Act like it. And when you act like you something, the brothers treat you like you something. I know the sisters have said, girl, she thinks she's something. But the brothers are saying, you know, you can't roll up on her like that. No, 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 you got it. And you know, when you really got it together, ladies, every brother ain't going to roll up on you. Because they know huh, they can't come to you talking about, hey, baby, what's up? No, no, no. You got to come huh, better and correct to me. But when you are oh, sorry for yourself, uh, that brother can roll up on you. Oh, how you do? You just so glad when he barks at you. Huh, you bark back. Preach, pastor. There she is. That's the one I've been telling you about. When you act a certain way, folk treat you like that. When you act like a cheap whore, a brother will treat you like a cheap whore. I've got to keep it real. But when you act like you got it going on, a brother will treat you like you got it going on. And if you love yourself, he'll love you. If you respect yourself, he will respect you. But if you don't like you, he ain't going to like you. Walking around here acting like a victim. You are a person of value. And when God made you, listen to this. He didn't make anybody just like you. You are one of a kind. You're a rare commodity. He doesn't want you running around acting like a cheap copy trying to be like somebody else. He wants you to be the valuable original 
that he made you. And when you were in your mama's womb, God was shaping you and forming you. And he begins to shape you. You weren't too fat, not too skinny, not too tall, not too short, not too black, not too white. He knew what he wanted you to be. Sitting up in here acting like a victim. Even now, feeling all sorry. Uh, Bishop, you just don't understand. I told you, the way you act, that's the way folk treat you. You're a person of value, and you cannot change other folk. You wait till your man straighten out before you get yourself straightened out. Uh-uh. Waiting for your children to get straight. And then you're going to get straight. No, 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 no. You cannot make choices for other people. Players are going to be players. Haters are going to be haters. Ballers are going to be ballers. Shot callers are going to be shot callers. You cannot stop a player from playing. A hater from hating. A baller from balling. Or a caller from calling. Whatever you're going to do because that's just the way it is. Stop making excuses as to why you are not doing nothing. Well, I think I done took up enough of your time. I'm going to take up a little bit more. In the final place, the Bible says in verse 28, her children. Rise up. Now, if that don't make you get yourself straight raising children, because your self-esteem, your self-image, you are not producing, you're not planting, you're not handling your money right, then you wonder what's wrong with the kids. No, sister, when you get it together, your children will rise to another level. Watch what the kids do when they rise. They call mama blessed. Woo! Her children starts praising her. I'm still in verse 28. And her husband also, you know, when her children got through praising her, her companions praised her. She got a husband. Her man praised her. She got her stuff straight. Now understand, he didn't prostitute her. He praised her. We have too many people in dysfunctional relationships with brothers that are prostituting you because you don't have your stuff straight. Okay. Here's what I mean by that. And I know y'all uncomfortable with me saying whore and prostitute. Well, I'm not uncomfortable with it because it's going on. Okay. Here's what I mean by that. Your man rations money out to you. Mm-hmm. He'll break you off a piece for your rent. He'll break you off a little piece 
for your gas money. He'll break you off a little piece for your light bill. He'll break you off a little piece for you to get your kids some shoes. Now the only way he breaks you off a piece is if you break him a piece. I just had to pause there so y'all can marinate on that a little bit. Now, some of y'all will catch that. <laughs> y'all already home, but you'll catch it on the way to the kitchen. Stop letting that man prostitute you. Calling you at one and two in the morning. Talking about, hey baby, it's me. Are the kids sleep? I'm on my way over. Huh? And then let him come by. He gets finished. And, and when he's through, he'll drop $50 on the table huh, and tell you, uh, get your hair done. Huh? Oh, some of y'all need to be standing and shouting, amen, amen. But let me tell you, when you got yourself together, brothers ain't going to prostitute you. When you have your own house, paying your own bills, got your own car, got your own job, got your own degree, when you have yourself together, brothers have to come stronger than that. And when they come dropping down, I'm platinum, I'm platinum, I'm platinum, you can drop down your American Express black card and say, I'm black, baby. And if y'all don't know what American Express Black is, <laughs> Google it. Everybody can't get one. In the last verse, is there said, the people at the gates praised her. Her community praised her. I, I, I'm done. I, I, I. <laughs> See, let me say a word <laughs> to the brothers. <laughs> because her children praised her. <laughs> verse 28. <laughs> Then the man praised her, verse 28. And then the community praised her, verse 31. Brothers, if you don't praise your woman, I declare unto you that there are some brothers at the city gate that'll praise her. And if they're not at the city gate, some of them are at church. They'll praise her because you ought to tell your woman every now and then, baby, you sure are fine. You look good in that dress. Give her some praise. I'm done. I'm done. I know I was too long. But, 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 now this is what the Lord, I don't know which one, and make sure you have some of those young folk that weren't listening. You tell these young women. I, I may be speaking to the young women next Sunday too. I don't know. I, that's what I'm feeling. That's why I don't want to comment on what I'm going to preach about, but I hope you go back and listen to this word. It's, what I've told you today, it's true. I know we're living in tough times. I know some of you've lost your job. I know some of you can, you may have to move back home with your parents. It's not the end of the world. Be grateful that they are opening the door for you to move back home until you get over. And all you're doing is retreating just for a little bit 
And then when we come out of this storm, you can go. And then you might be able to go to school online. Remember what I said? You're 35 and you don't have all the training you know you need. You like computer? Get some computer training. So when we come out of this storm, you can drop down some paper and say, look, I finished so and so and so. So take advantage of a bad situation. My last word to you is, girl, get your money straight. Amen, amen. Now, can I throw this one in? Listen, you 25, 30, 30 plus, and you met a guy, or if you're a guy, you met a girl. Listen, if it looks serious, both of y'all pull your credit. Hello. Pull your credit. And if he's reluctant to do that, there's a reason why. You know, let's talk about the bills. You know, and, I, and these brothers talk about, well, uh, I'm, I'm the head of the house. And my wife got to do, and listen, when that was written, it was written during a male-dominated society. And women did not work outside of the home. But if you got a wife going out hitting it every day just like you are, come on, brother. And I know some people are going to get angry with me for saying this, but you have got a partnership. That's right. And you two have to work together. All right. I don't say enough. I hope this word helps somebody.